This episode of Movie Beatdown is sponsored by you. Special thanks to our patrons, Mark Fitzmeyer, Aaron Huey, Janu Streespeck, and our newest supporter, Flailing Munchies. He's a Twitch streamer. That explains that name. So look up uh, Flailing Munchies on YouTube. Show your support for our show at patreon.com slash moviebeatdown. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. Hey, how you doing, folks? Welcome to Movie Beatdown, where we're rediscovering movies with Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. This is episode 11, brought to you the week of July 22nd, minus 20. Uh, so, so July 2nd, 2015. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. With me is Paulie Godbout. How you doing, bro? Doing all right. He is in the studio with me, I might say. Might add. Uh, this is our first show in the, in the Nobody's Listening NL Cast Network uh other than my personal audio journal to record in its new location from St. Petersburg all the way halfway across the country and now in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh it's awesome. And uh Paul therefore who lived here uh is in the house with me. So this is the first Literally. time uh, matter of fact it's the first time in a long time, not the only time that I've had a co-host in the uh, studio with me. So it's crazy. Uh, Did all of them stare at the side of your head or are we going to eventually <laughs> face one another? Or? <laughs> Most of them stare at the back of my head. Yeah. As Fair I, enough. But, but uh, that's only as long as I need my notes. Ah. But, but anyway, um, today's movie, we're going to be beating down 1984's horror slash comedy, mostly comedy uh, Ghostbusters. So we're looking forward to that. Our movie is sponsored by Bluehost Hosting, by the way, from July 1st until July 7th. You can enjoy special promotional rates on hosting that's web hosting 12 months at 495 a month if you want to go 24 you get it for 395 36 months i don't even know how many months that is it's 36 for three dollars and 49 cents a month that gets you unlimited space transfer and domains that's why i use them visit moviebeatdown.com slash bluehost today also stay tuned a little later in the show to find out how you can win a copy of blake snyder's book save the cat we're going to do some giveaways. Nice. I could use one of those. That could come in handy. I might be a better co-host. <laughs> it's not even sponsored. It's just out of my pocket. Straight oh. to straight to the people. But uh, here's a little bit about our movie. Um, IMDb says the following. Uh, three unemployed parapsychology professors set up shop as a unique ghost removal service. I, I, I'm glad it's a unique ghost removal service as compared to the normal ones. But... Uh, IMDb doesn't always have the greatest uh, log lines. No, that's they're they're them and Netflix are about on par. So <laughs> it's the same guy. He's working two jobs. Yeah. He's trying to keep his family fed. Uh, it's directed by Ivan Reitman, Retman, uh, who also directed Kindergarten Cop. That's a it's a good movie. Twins. That's not a good movie. Meatballs going downhill. And unfortunately, bottom of the list, he directed Ghostbusters two. Yeah, that probably came as like a package deal that. He had to do both of them and before the script was delivered for the second one. So we'll I, I, forgive him for that. Yeah, I can't forgive him, though, for there has to be a giant something walking through the streets of New York at the end of this movie, too. <laughs> so anyway, written by <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, uh, who I was surprised to find wrote uh, a lot of other movies that he was in himself. Uh, Blues Brothers, 
the real Gus, Ghostbusters cartoon. I used to watch that. I didn't know he wrote it. Uh, Coneheads, which was terrible. Uh, Ghostbusters 2. And then Blues Brothers 2000. Which was horrible as well. But. Yeah, there's, there's a. I've noticed uh, a lot of guys that do sketch comedy. Um, they, they have this habit of, you know, hey, nobody will cast me for a film, so I'm gonna write things that I can do, and that still honestly carries through uh, to today. And so, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that most of the big name movies that he's been in or uh, notable movies he's been in are things that he's actually written. Yeah, so. they're, they're. I think they call it vehicles. It's like a vehicle for sure. Yeah, 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 I think that's an official word. Yeah. Well, Harold Ramey, which I was surprised to find, was the skinny scientist guy. Ramus? Ramey? How do you say that, actually? I, I, I I've always know. said Ramus. There's I, an S on the end, right? Harold Ramey is how I thought I'd heard it Okay. Said. We'll go with you since you're the host. Uh, but he did Rover Dangerfield, <laughs> which I've never seen. It's on my list, though. Uh, Back to School. I'm, also I'm a Rodney seeing, Dangerfield. Uh, and a very young uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's worth watching. Um, Stripes. Uh, Which he's also in, yeah. so with uh, with Bill Murray, Bill Murray, yeah. Caddyshack, Bill Murray, mm-hmm. Meatballs, which I remember hearing about in the eighties. Never saw it. Uh, I was a kid. Uh, Groundhog Day, which is great, which awesome. is not only great but also a great script to read. Which this is going to make me sound like a nerd, but uh, <laughs> if anybody out there that likes to read scripts uh, behind uh, the King's Speech, Groundhog Day probably my second favorite script to actually read because it reads uh it's it's a very entertaining read so anyway it's really good uh i like the movie it, it inspires me to learn to play piano and to drive with woodchucks uh bedazzled which which i liked brandon Fraser and uh whoever that lady was and then uh analyze this never never seen it but um it's, it's supposed to be great uh, it's said in IMDb that Rick Moranis uh, did some writing on it, uncredited. But uh, my understanding is Rick Moranis was brought in last minute, well after, you know, all the pre-production stuff was done. Yeah, I. So, and maybe you read this as well, but I heard that John Candy was yes. originally supposed but, to be that, that character. character. And he was spo- and that character was meant to always be like a, a, a like suit and tie kind of guy. Yes. And Rick Moranis came in and played it as the nerdy guy, which I cannot for a million dollars imagine <laughs> that character being any 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 other way. I mean, it's like when when he, when he flips the switch and actually goes crazy and is possessed and all that stuff. All those rants about you know, I, I wish I could quote them uh, to <laughs> elevate my my nerd status, but I can't. But uh, just, you know, it's all said in that voice. That's yeah, but uh, yeah, but I was like, I can't imagine that being played not not just by anybody else, but I can't imagine that being played as like a a straight like. I would pay money like, though to see a giant demonic dog chasing John Candy across a, a busy New York street. It's a giant bear. It'd be a very a slow chase scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that scene with him up against the restaurant. He probably would have made it through the glass and <laughs> yeah. uh, eaten something. But uh, no, it's good. I, I while we're on that, I heard actually that he wrote it for himself, Jim Belushi, and um, Dan uh, Dan Jim Belushi, and John Candy. Yeah, huh. the three of them. And which uh, are you know Jim Belushi was a Saturday Night Live guy along yeah. with Dan Aykroyd, which again is another Vehicle kind of thing. a thing that yeah people do. So. Well, of course he passes away. John Candy couldn't commit. Oh yeah, huh. uh, he he hit a production brick wall because the original Ghost Mashers. I did know that. That was the original title. Yeah, so. it was supposed to go over time and space and defeat giant ghosts, the uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Band be, being just one of them. And the production guys said, no, there's no way 
the cost had to have been astronomical. Yeah, you got to put point. it in the real world, and so there it was. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, you know more about this stuff than I do, and I know that this is not what this show talks about, but the special effects and all that stuff for this movie in 1984 were probably like off the charts. Yeah, it was People nominated for it. an Academy Award. It really? Was, yeah. <laughs> It was huge. That's that's amazing. Yeah, because I so I can only imagine like I mean there are certain scenes like when you see like the demon dogs, it's like they're pretty much always lying on the ground, turning their heads. That's about. <laughs> they look it. like they're taking a dump. They've got that dog <laughs> stance where their yeah. butts touching the ground on you know on the bed like in everybody's yeah. like pajamas because they're, they're puppets whatever, with but, a dude inside. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. there's some stop motion and stuff, but no, even uh, who's the thumbs up, thumbs down guy, Ebert said back in the day he said this is one of the few movies that special effects did not detract from the story he which i've always it. heard that's what the problem with number two was was they spent all the money on the special effects and yeah. then they couldn't afford rewrites and all that kind of stuff all that and, slime yeah so the slime um and the song rights at the end of the song at the end of the story too. uh ray parker jr is that who wrote I, was and sang? About, I was thinking about Ghostbusters 2. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we were talking they, about the They Ghostbusters somehow thing. got the slime to moving by, I think it was put a little love in your heart or something like that. Oh, I haven't seen that in 20 years. Yeah, it's been bad. Because even as like a 10-year-old, I was like, this is not a good movie. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of movies, before we jump into it, I'd like to tell you, you can suggest your favorite films uh, by going to facebook.com slash moviebeatdown. Like us while you're there, leave a comment, and tell us what we ought to be uh, beaten up and beaten down. We'll do that for you. All right. Well, first, let's jump into um, what 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 is our genre on here? Just getting a few things out of the way real quick. The genre of Ghostbusters, in your opinion, I wrote that it, it was Monster in the House. I would go with that. Yeah? I think that's pretty safe. I, I had a backup and it was buddy love because, you know, of the camaraderie and all that. But there's, there's, there's problems with that because buddy love is usually about some them doing something wrong. And, 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 and the guy, the one, main character uses the buddy to respond off of and to react to. And other than Bill Murray's ad libbing, it wasn't a whole <laughs> lot of, you know, codependence going on. Yeah. We had three main characters one of them I wrote was uh, a, a cut up, a comedian. The other one uh, was a, um, uh, uh, what's the word? A, uh, an enthusiast. That's, and that, that's what I would call um, our, our middle guy. And then the, the scientist. So, okay. You know, yeah, I, I would say that, you know, in a lot of comedies, you have one person who is, you know, the cut up to use your word. And then a lot of times you have, you know, the straight guy. You know, um, this is the guy who, I mean, is exactly what it sounds like. I mean, he's just always serious and never laughing. And I feel like that's Dan Aykroyd's character uh, in this. And they balance each other. And a lot of the comedy comes because of the the polar opposite, you know, uh, personalities and the way that they respond and the way that they react to certain things. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so so you're saying that uh, the the straight man was was. Uh... Help me with the name. What did you say? You said it was uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was him. Even Eric. though he's the hyper twelve year old in the yeah. movie house or he's, in the firehouse. So like, I feel Let's like, sleep here tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like he grounds the three. So you've got Bill Murray on one end of the spectrum. Okay. Peter Venkman, who is you know is the the comedy throughout the whole movie, and then you have Egon on the 
opposite end okay. of the spectrum who is like so straight laced, you know, that even in 1984 is claiming print is dead, you know, because yeah. he's so like, you know, ones <laughs> and zeros, binary, yeah. you know, kind of guy. Um, and then you've got Dan Aykroyd in the middle who, you know, interrupts, you know, in the beginning, you know, the, the, the quote unquote scientific research that's going on because there's something that is legitimate that they need to be inspecting and, and busting, you know, to use the term, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I feel like he, he's kind of the blend of the two of them, but yeah, I would still say that he's a lot more of like the, the realistic, like if, if, if there was a real person in this movie, which is a real stretch to say, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it would be, it would be Dan Aykroyd. Okay. So. I gotcha. I, I guess I was mixing up the straight man thing. Cause usually straight man is the, is the, uh, Dean and then the, the comedian guy, you know, is, is yeah. the other guy. Jan- uh, yeah. And that makes sense. But, um, but no, I, I totally agree. Cause <laughs> In the opening scene there where they're they're uh, going to face the librarian for the first time, you know, I've got a plan. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. Get her! Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, I got overstimulated. I didn't know what to yeah. But uh, yeah, so so Monster in the House is, is what I went with as well. Because even though it's not your typical, you know, there's a demon in the monster house and you have to go and kill it and all this kind of stuff. I mean, but, but really it kind of was, even though there was all the little ghosts and the Slimers and the, and, and all the fun and games parts, it fundamentally was about Gozer, you know, and Zool and some other monster, uh, in the building, you know, that was it. It was custom built to, to attract these. Well, and, and I agree with you completely. And I would say, you know, just to add one other thing, you know, it's, it's in New York. And New York is an iconic place, and so, so that's, that's your house. house. Yeah, because if it were in like a small Midwest town, um, like there, there's a movie that I watched recently. Um, I think you referred uh, to me. I can't remember after? the name of it. Yes, after. After. Um, it's on we, Netflix. Yeah, there you go. After. Um, I don't know where that one takes place. It's a small town. It's you know nondescript. But with New York, like you know that it's New York, so they automatically establish a house without having to say it. But then at the end. Ernie, uh, Ernie Hudson, um, I can't ever remember his actual character's name in the movie, but uh, Ernie Hudson, you know, stands up on the top of the the penthouse of Spook Central and screams, I love this city. And so it's like they make it a point to show you like they establish like this is the quote unquote house uh-huh. where all of this is taking place in. And so, you know, the hotel and Dana Barrett's apartment, and all these places, those are rooms within the house of New York, in my opinion. So I gotcha. I gotcha. That's good. Um, protagonist. I, I say Peter Venkman is our is our protagonist, uh, and go ahead. I I, I I would say that as well, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this discussion um, because this is a different kind of movie, and I feel like um, anybody who is a a save the cat purist uh-huh. might be frustrated with this film. Yeah. Um, but this is a movie that it's a great movie. Like, I don't care who you are. This is an awesome movie. Like, I remember being a little kid and my dad, um, like he let me, I, I, I specifically remember a time when I lived in Kansas City and he let me go to school late one day because it was on TBS at like seven in the morning and we're watching it. And he he's like, oh, you know, you've never seen this. We got to watch it. And we watched it. And then I went to school. I mean, it's a great movie. But does it follow everything? We're going to find out. Yeah, That's the well, whole point of this show. But I will say yes, for the sake of the short answer in the midst of this big one. <laughs> yes, Peter Venkman, uh, I think, is is the is the protagonist because he's the character that we're supposed to be experiencing yeah. this film with. He's the one well, who and we're several, connecting with. Several of the beats are, you know, pivotal, pivotal, 
pivotal on on his actions. Like yeah. midpoint, for instance, uh, in my opinion, is is when he finally gets the date with uh, Sigourney Weaver at the fountain. You know. Okay. Um, and and that's him. That's him and his because his flaw I put down, and there's two of them, but the one that I when I start looking at his fundamental change. Which in reality there really wasn't one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Can we just say that? Yeah. There's no transformation machine no. in this movie. It's just. Laughs, but if man. there was, it was about his womanizing because sure. at the beginning he's got his little test. Absolutely. He's he's got the cute girl. He, he's using this whole thing to get at her. Then uh, he doesn't really believe in ghosts even after he's experienced it. He's real sarcastic and stuff until Dana Barrett comes walking through the door. Oh, let me go check out your apartment. He's using that. Yeah. As an opportunity. But then you fast forward to no beat it's not even in a beat it's just bad guys close in where she's like you know i'm the gatekeeper you know use your key and he says <laughs> he says a classic line he's like no i think there's already more than two of you in there already it might be a little crowded and that to me is the closest we get to a transformation in him because he does not take advantage of this female. Sure. And I would just like for everyone out there to know that the only time James has looked me in the eyes so far tonight is when he said, put your key in me or whatever you just said. But anyway, no, um, I said, I'm the gatekeeper. Yeah, Do you have the key? Sure. I don't know. I'm mine was vague. Yeah. Okay. Well, it took me a long time before I got that one. I didn't know what they were holding hands for. Yeah. I was just, I was sheltered. It's a child. All right. And well. I saw this after I got out of high school. So yeah. Yeah. Shows you how sheltered I was. But um, so, so Peter Vakeman, what do you agree that he, I mean, his other fault that I had down was obviously one of, of leadership. He was, he, he is the leader, you know, you can, you can just tell the other guys kind of always want him there. You yeah. know, they couldn't do without him. You have to come, you have to come, you know, it legitimizes everything was the unsaid rule. Um, but he always lets everybody go first. You know, if it gets scary, huh. he backs off. Yeah. And then finally, when it's time to cross the streams, he's the first one to turn on his thing again, not a major <laughs> yeah, transformation. No, and, and you're right. And now that you say that, cause I never would have thought of the leadership thing, but yeah, now that you say that, you know, when they are in the library, it's, they're all talking and it's just like, you know, we got to, you know, cross the threshold yeah. or whatever they say. And he walks over and he uses, and he uses a pickup line. That's what he does. He, he's like, you know, do you come here often? You know, whatever. Yeah. And then he turns back and says, my usual lines don't work. And then someone else goes. And he, so he even used a pickup line right before he showed that leadership. When the marshmallow is climbing the building and the flames drive mm -hmm. him back, he says, oh, I know what he wants. He's a sailor. We just need yeah. to get him laid, you know? So Which it, is back to the womanizing thing. <laughs> and that's after Dana Barrett. So, yeah, it yeah. shows that there is no fundamental change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. It's, well, and, and so just real quick to, yeah. so that we can move on, but like, I, it's also my understanding that this was supposed to be originally, it was kind of a sketch mm. because they were, you know, that's, that's the, the background for the, for these writers and everything. And so it was supposed to be a sketch that they, and it was something that they explored repeatedly through the sketch. And so in a sketch comedy, you know, on Saturday Night Live, you're not getting changes you know, fundamental changes through characters in a, in a right. six minute sketch. Right. And so as it's they, it's all about to, the jokes. It's, exactly. Which this movie to me is all about the jokes. Like this movie has just one after another. I mean, it's, it's up there with Monty Python. Probably for me, it's, it surpasses Monty Python as far as quotable lines. Many of them, which I can't say in front of my mother, because even <laughs> though it's a PG movie, oh, I know. there are still like well, some lines. PG was like, a what? different beast back then. Oh. 
Back okay. to the Future was PG, you know? Um, there was no PG-13 for, for quite a while. Oh, okay. It so went we'll... PG, and then it went to R, and, huh. and that was it. Okay. I well, when, I was one when this came out. So when I, I was a kid, that. I brought home the movie Baby, which is about a baby brontosaurus that people find rated PG. I'm like thinking, wow, this is going to be awesome. Till the lady takes off her shirt in front of my mom on the, on the screen. <laughs> I almost got killed because bras are, are you know. And there was a monster in your house. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, you said something important that's going to, we're going to revisit later uh, about what makes this movie work when so much of it, in my opinion, uh, doesn't doesn't follow the, the the I don't know not the rules there are no rules but it doesn't follow the formula not I don't like formula what's the word I always use uh, the 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 format there you go there you go um so the antagonist and the flaw this is kind of ridiculous again to go here because there's no real fundamental change and usually the bad guy somehow taps into what the good guy needs to change and all this kind of stuff so i just said the obvious ones zool uh and gozer they're they're uh they require humans to do their bidding and that seems to be a problem not so much in dana barrett's case but lewis's you know it turns into a problem even after he's possessed he gets picked up and taken (laughs) uh picking up or dropping off yeah you know (laughs) which I love that yeah. line. Uh, so, you know, he requires, and even, even at the end, um, she's, she's like, choose the form of your destruction or whatever. And you have chosen wisely. Oh, wait, wrong movie. Um, <laughs> and, and the, the, the big marshmallow man comes stomping down the yeah. thing. You know, if that had been Bambi or a toothpick, I mean, there could have been a million things that all or I'm sorry, Gozer, uh, don't want to mess up all these yeah. bad guys. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that were so uh, not really important. Yeah, which I mean, that's another thing with this movie that you know, it, it it's you would nobody today would would write this movie. No, I because you. It's one of my questions at the end. I'm like, would this work today? And it's funny. There's an all girl cast of a re. Uh, uh, it's either a reboot or something coming out in 2016. Really, written by Dan Aykroyd. I I, I heard a number of years ago that there was going to be a Ghostbusters three, and all that I heard was that. Uh, Bill Murray, his only press release was time has passed. I have healed. (laughs) And that was it. Like I, I, there might've been something more than that, but no, but what I mean by, I don't, you know, know if, if this movie would be made today, I don't mean that it wouldn't hold up. Cause I mean, obviously it holds up and if they made it, but released as it is, would it hold, would it have made made the national, you know, and universal, I don't impact. see that. I don't know. Cause I mean, I, know I would that say you're, no, you're probably not talking about like the graphics and all no. that stuff. Like if, if, if Come it were the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because it's, it's, it's funny. It's yeah. hilarious and, and it works. And it's one of those movies where it's, it's, it's the exception to the but rule. Today we expect a laugh a second, not a laugh a minute. And I guess that's true. But, was, uh, but there's a me, lot of interesting stuff, but it, anyway. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the thing with this is that you don't really have like your bad guys don't really come into play until the midpoint, and actually, it's it's after the midpoint. Yeah, I mean, they mention it, you know, very very briefly and vaguely, and tease but it's it. not. Yeah. yeah, they tease it exactly. That, that's a great way to put it. They tease it around the midpoint, slightly before that, but there's no real threat because they're winning this whole time, and there's and it just seems like from the get go, it's about we need to prove ourselves as scientists. And then at the midpoint, it becomes this whole other thing where it's like, okay, well, no, no, we did that. 
Like that movie's over. Now we're going to prove ourselves to the multiverse and whatever, you know, thing. And so, yeah, so it's, it, 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 that's why I say, I don't know that it would get made. I I guess a better thing to say would be, I don't know that this movie would be written today. So, yeah, but I I don't think it would be written the way it is. I think it would be fundamentally the same. Uh, I think the jokes would be there. I think the, and we're talking about if these guys are the same age, they just happen to be now. Yeah. Uh, obviously the dogs would have some air underneath their legs. Uh, the demon dogs. Yeah. Um, and, and Dana Barrett would probably be a blue creature, um, with large yellow eyes and, and avatar and all over the place. Uh, but, but I think, uh, I think it would just be more humor. There'd be more jokes. And I think it would be a little bit more of a, like I said, that, that, that change. People like to see that. Yeah. But, but in a skit, you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it. Uh, opening image uh, is a visual image that uh, represents the struggle and tone of the story. It's a snapshot of the main character's problem, unless you're talking about Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, I did write down, though, the pre-title stuff with the old lady, the, the librarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that they passed by the lion. Yes. as a, That is kind of a tease again and a, and a foreshadowing, one of those setups that pays off yeah. later on. When we see the, it's the first thing I wrote down, the so. gozer dogs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that whole part is to simply establish that, okay, the world that we exist in for ghosts this film are real. Exactly. That's so, what I wrote. Yeah. So that I feel like, so that at that point, that's not your one bit of magic or I can't ever remember. Like, isn't there's a rule or something apparently, um, you know, that you can only have like one, one kind of magic or one something. kind of magic. And so in this movie, it's not that ghosts are that magic it's that you can capture them or that they're the the streams or i don't know i mean maybe there aren't any they tied it in so quick because you're right this this movie actually does have two kinds of magic if you really think about it because there's a supernatural and then there's a scientific they did attempt and successfully pulled off two kinds of magic usually you don't do that and here's how they did it right after this opening scene this Mm -hmm. title sequence where you establish ghosts real we go and peter vagman's doing his thing and and uh, uh, what's his name comes running in. He's all hyper and excited. And after they see her, that monster and run out, one of the first things that said before we see, I mean, we see their little dials and their mm-hmm. little their measurements and all that. He says, "I really think from these readings we can finally create that, uh, you know, that grid, that capture yeah. and containment thing." And so they slid it right in there as soon as they could, right after you saw this this librarian turn into this this uh, puppet. Um, floating in the atmosphere uh they stuck it in there yeah yeah and that's actually one of the things that i wrote down for uh, because in today's movie to make it not have two magic tricks or whatever they would have had an explanation that this was scientific all along they would have made sure to let the 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 the, uh audience know that oh you know this was a parallel dimension thing or you know blah 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 that they opened up to but no in in the when they're in the car and he's talking about jesus's style and and he's quoting Revelation. They make it very clear that this is this is dead people. Mm-hmm. These are ghosts. This yeah, is yeah. old school ghosts. Yeah. Anyway, so good stuff. <laughs> but uh, in anything else about the opening image? Uh, so what I put for opening image was you know Vankman uh, uh, doesn't take his science seriously. He uses it for his own gain. He's trying to get the girl. He's um, so in the beginning of the film, he is using science to get to get the girl so, um, 
versus are we in setup or or, or, no this is opening image i mean so so i mean because i i I don't know how you feel but like you've got the opening or there's the pre-credit stuff that you Mm -hmm, talked about mm -hmm. and i don't know i mean so we have that but as far as our initial so if we're talking about change we're talking about transformation which we've agreed that it's very little in this movie um so if we're zeroing in on peter venkman Mm -hmm. that's what i'm considering to be his opening image how do we see him at the beginning versus at the end and i think it's critical um at least okay. for my own but sake. would opening image not be the door the slow pan down the door because it's a moment it's supposed to be a, a a moment in time my understanding it's setup starts right after see because we we get that they're at a university we get that they're doctors we see right there that vakeman is hated yeah by the people so okay so maybe so so okay so if, if i go with just that then sure that works for me because at the end my they're loved would and be, they're they're revered if so. if we are talking about change we that we start to see that in the setup meaning during the during the zapping well and in the opening image i feel like is i mean it is that that snapshot it is the word image in there and so you get that however it's i i feel like you can pull it out through the majority of the first scene like your first scene is your opening image but opening um, image is page one of setup so sure and i feel like and i'm arguing the same thing but yeah but you know if i'm holding 10 pages the image may take up the first one well setup. so so page one you know within the first minute i get everything that you talked about with the the scroll down the door which I think that there's a payoff at the end and a mirror image of that. And then within page one, you get the sense immediately, um, you know, that Venkman is screwing around with his, with his, uh, with his science. He's trying to get the girl. Whereas at the end he's using science to save the girl. So it's, it's, it's a selfish versus selfless. The moment the guy that looks fat, but really isn't comes in set up. You lost me. I don't remember a fat. What's guy. his name? Dan Aykroyd. He <laughs> oh. he is fat now. He oh, was gotcha. fat, but there not fat. No, he looked fat. Yeah, the guy that played him in real Ghostbusters TV cartoon, which was drawn, not a dude, fat. Okay, he well. Fat. So even with even with that stuff, there's the element of you know he's willing. If you notice throughout the film, uh, he's willing to hurt his test subject mm-hmm. for the sake of his quote unquote science. Whereas toward the end. Uh, so, so I'll, I'll say it like this. He's, he's, he's willing to let other people get hurt for the sake of science to prove whatever. But at the end, you'll notice, even though it's not a whole lot, he's actually covered in marshmallow stuff. So he's willing to get his hands dirty. No, he's the only one that's he's got not on his covered. head though. But that's, and that's why I said it's very, it's very minimal. And that, I did notice that. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I totally noticed that. Yeah, it's very but little, but I think that that's significant. about to be that that made it, they're all covered in no, no, no. clean. He, my first thought was he hid behind somebody. <laughs> But where I'm going with that is it's minimal because it's minimal change. It's minimal yeah, character development. No he got a little bit in his thinning hair. So it's not it, all that it wasn't much. Five so. minutes before that, they saw that, that stairwell going up to the top through the, through you the, first. Yeah, yeah. and and he's going and then he's like, something scary happens. Okay. You guys go. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he ain't changed. Yeah. He ain't changed a bit. All right. All right. On. So theme stated, go for it. None. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I feel like um, there's that moment with the dean, maybe, um, where it's um, uh, where. Is it? So okay, the first thing I put with theme stated, I wrote it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Second was the dean comments on Peter's view of science. Perhaps, uh, perhaps it's 
we shouldn't use science for our own good. We should use science for the good of all mankind. Mm. Um, the transformation is using science to going from using science to sleep with a woman at the beginning, but in the end, it's using science to save a woman at the end. And that's a real stretch. And so <laughs> it's not even stated. It's just I'm looking for a theme there. But anyway, so. it, it's uh, it's Bill Murray's uh, marshmallow fluff on the forehead. You're reading right on into that. Exactly. Boy. Exactly. So <laughs> that was moose, by the way. It wasn't even Probably, fluff. Yeah. He was he was down there in Dana Barrett's bathroom making his hair look good. <laughs> That's what it was. So yeah, theme stated for those that are new is it's what your story is about. It's the message. It's the truth, uh, or it's the exact opposite of the truth, and it's either proven correct or uh, disproven. It's usually said by someone to the main character, and it sets up kind of the theme of the whole story. And there just wasn't anything like that. Yeah, and and the only so with the because dean, there was no fundamental change. Exactly. You know? Yeah, there there is that, and then there's also like I said, I I kind of went back to the whole thing with the dean, and this isn't fair because I've I've seen an interview at some point, but the dean talks about how your 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 theories are the worst kind; they're not provable. On and on and on. Whereas I've and I would be totally willing to recant this but i it's my understanding that dan Aykroyd actually is really into this kind yeah, of stuff totally and he totally believes in this kind of stuff yep. so for him it could be i'm writing a movie to explore the possibilities of these things and you know so maybe there's a a subtlety to what he's going for but again it doesn't matter it's not stated so no no it's it's a it's a comedy and it's a strong comedy and it's an 80s comedy and uh comedies i don't know this one didn't have them a whole lot of, of substance, but I don't think, you know, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't think it needed it. Honestly. No, and obviously time has proven it. And let me just say that while I'm right here, I love this movie. Absolutely. I own it on Blu-ray DVD VHS. And I have a copy downloaded into the chip that I implanted in the back of my neck after seeing uh matrix. I've got a laser disc and <laughs> I, I can play the background music on piano. The little, I can stand behind you stuff. while you do that. No, nah, I can't do it. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, I, but most of all, the one thing I got out of this movie theme stated wise is I ain't afraid of no ghost. That's, sure. It's not stated. Like that. It's sung. But, uh, all right. So, uh, set up and, uh, oh, what was the save the cat moment? I, I think it's for me, Vakeman had it and it was zapping the kid. Why is that a save the cat moment? <laughs> I'm just curious. I always count I, in, in the book. He says that it's usually something nice. Somebody does. That makes you like them. I would argue that it is whenever you, whatever they do that makes you like them. Okay. And I always wait for the moment that I like when I start liking the character. And when he shocked that nerdy looking kid that looked like he was, uh, uh, from, uh, three's company. Um, I liked him. Okay. Cause I, I, I'm a, I, I totally believe that you do not have to have a save the cat moment. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think he know, says that in the book, a lot of, a lot of movies don't. Yeah. And I, I know that he's really big on it and everything, but you know, television shows like house of cards are proof that you can have a protagonist who's an anti-hero and they don't there, which, which this yeah, is but a total he, side note. He even has a save the cat moment. He has a kill the dog moment. But that's the thing. I was gonna say he, he it's the antithesis but why of save he the do cat. It? He kills the dog. But why did he do it? He did it out of mercy. Because he knew that okay, if those people saw that dog, they would take him in and he would go through all the pain. He even says something about it. He talks that's about true. that the pain now is better than the pain later or something like that. And okay, also sets true. up his character really well. 
Uh, so there's your save the cat freaking kill the dog moment. All right, you defeated my argument. <laughs> I w- withdraw on your honor. Well, I'm not even excited to be right. I'm excited that it was there because <laughs> yeah. it's a great series. Sure. So, uh, let's see. Six things need fixing. Who cares? Stasis equals death. I didn't even write anything down for this because uh, there was no stasis equals death. There was just an opportunity to make money. There was a, a change in Vakeman's character when he was he went from critic and 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 a guy that didn't believe in the paranormal and he shifted immediately from belief. He skipped over belief and right into capitalism. And he's like, "Hey, yeah. how can I make money <laughs> off of this? Yeah. How's that containment field you guys are working on? You know? Yeah. So there there was no you know if we don't change this. Uh, the the hotel can't have their quinceanera in the in the yeah. main ball. Well, it would just be that they're out of jobs. That's the whole thing. There's there's that that scene where they're going back and forth on the the stoop or yeah, whatever yeah. wherever they are. You and, never worked in the private sector. You have to produce something. Yeah, they expect results. Yeah, I prefer college. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so so there is that. There yeah. is that, and then, and they switch. Uh, matter of fact, the catalyst I would say was kicking e- easy kicked they're kicked out of the university. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we can skip right over that. Uh, the debate time was that debate right there, a literal debate. It's always easy when it is a debate when they're on the, on the steps and they're arguing about the private sector. You've never been out of college, you know? Yeah. And, and he's sitting there with that glo- that smug look on his face. Um, and then they're like, you know, where are we going to get the money? We, cause we can do this thing, but where are we going to get the money? And then break into two is that walking right out of the bank for me. Yeah. The the first, the the choice, you know, main character makes a choice and the journey begins. Well, they made a choice for him. He, he puts his house up. Sure. And, uh, well, and, which is interesting because you have, uh, you have a protagonist who is the one doing the convincing, the debate, the person who has to willingly move forward is not your protagonist. It's, it's, uh, Ray, Dan Aykroyd's character, um, you know, so that I thought that, you know, I mean, which again, you know, this well, movie does its own thing. And I tried time, to but. take that to heart and say, okay, can, can I do what Paul likes to do and combine people into one protagonist? Hmm. And you could make an argument sure, that, sure. That, that the three of them are that, except that they add a, a fourth guy later on because it, it, I don't know why I liked him. Yeah, I'm with it you. It seemed weird to throw yeah. him in. He should have been right there at the beginning for a B story or something like that. It was almost like they said, hey, we don't have a black guy in this entire movie. Yeah. Or or, or it's not like even it's, walking by in the pa- in the background. Or it's the one and only logical step that they're trying to make in the whole movie, which is this is getting really cumbersome. We should hire someone else and maybe we should go for a diversity hire. So let's, uh, let's do, yeah, but I'm with you. Cause I feel like that's another thing that today, like they would have just rolled those lines into somebody else. There's no reason why necessarily they couldn't have put Egon in the car where they have the revelation. Uh, well, and if they had brought and, him in earlier, he could have been com- comedy relief maybe yeah. he, cause he was the one guy that's just a work a day dude. Yeah. He's not a scientist, but he's religious, obviously. Uh, swears a lot for a religious guy, sure. but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, breaking into two is, um, is that choice. I, I think we kind of get a double, triple bump there because we're walking out of the bank. Um, they become a, a professional paranormal investigation and extermination company. Well, well I, I'd say before that, as far as the breaking to two, uh-huh. I, I feel like the firehouse, like that's the time. Cause this is where, again, that it, was my it, third they jumble firehouse. it up is you have the, the debate scene there where they're going back and forth, but it's Dan Aykroyd that has to be convinced. And so for me, it's okay. So my breaking to two is when is Dan Aykroyd actually convinced? So you have the, the, the moment where you were talking about, we're outside the bank. He's still kind of like, 
you know, oh, what am I doing? Everyone has three mortgages, blah, blah, blah. But then the moment where he slides down the pole mm-hmm. and says, you know, we should move we in tonight. Like you said, yeah, try it out. Yeah, that that I think is like the final, like, like you said, there's like two to three things right there where it's like, okay, that's our official, like, okay, we're moving into the next phase of the story. So. Yeah, so we'll agree that breaking into has a, a double or triple sure. bump because I would also say, even though it's a little misplaced, the car coming in, uh, happens uh, a little later on, but it's right in there. And and so these things that are happening, they're moving the thing forward. The one thing they don't introduce us to, and they should have, right along with all these other things, is the containment field. Why didn't we get to see what was downstairs? It became a huge deal, especially for Mr. EPA guy. We don't see it till after, well after the midpoint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he's training the, the fourth guy, you know, when the light is green, the trap is clean, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. If yeah. it was going to be that important, it, it should have been, I don't know. We should have seen it. Sure. Which, uh, like you said, if you bring, you know, Ernie Hudson in early, you bring that in early, yep. you know. Because he's so. trained, they got to train him so we can get that, that yeah. pipe which, laid. Which, which he, exactly. I was going to say that, that right there is your Pope in the pool where it's like, how do we explain all of this to the audience? Oh, well we hire a new employee. Yep. So it's, it's very natural that it would be in there. So yeah, I, I'm, I mean, they, they did that later in the film and it accomplished the same thing, but yeah, I'm with you. And that's why I say, I don't know that this movie would have been written this way nowadays. I think that they would have done it. Like you said, where they would have done it at the beginning and Okay. Why not? So, and then we get B story. Uh, I think it's obvious that it's Dana Barrett. She's the love story. Um, is it a typical B story? No. Absolutely not. Uh, B story. Let me just give you a little info. Uh, usually, there's a discussion about the theme, um, the nugget of truth. Usually, this discussion is between the main character and the love interest. The B story is usually called the love story. The B story typically comes in at the end. Even if they're in ghost form or memory form or through a video that they find in the attic and, and it, it, it kind of repeats the theme and helps the character to find the strength in the finale to do what they're supposed to, or actually, I'm sorry, in the, uh, the, the dark night of the soul moments here, uh, period, uh, to, to get up and do what they're supposed to do. She does not do that. She's in a dog. She's stuck in a dog costume. So, um, it, and and the love story's there, but it's it and it's a good one. I, I like the way she constantly she's the the one he can't tame. You know, she's yeah. not impressed with any of his tricks or any of his stuff. Uh, but but she she's not really doing her her job in uh, in this one. Well, she I and I didn't write it down, so you'll so maybe I'm totally wrong, but I feel like I remember that she actually says something about, you know, don't you take anything seriously or you're not like most scientists. And so there is that element where we're reintroducing part of his flaw that he doesn't do things by the book. He's not a typical scientist, which I mean again, doesn't necessarily play into their B story, but it's it's you know, you're more back. like a salesman, I think is what she said. Or a car salesman what she's our game show host game show host yeah maybe i don't know i can't remember i don't either yeah but i also like the the fact that so before we get the b story between uh her and and peter vankman we get it between her and lewis uh rick moranis's (laughs) character which is great that we set up so because i actually put for b story you know dana and peter maybe dana and lewis you know i mean as well because i mean they're, they're both in there they're both part of it they both come back around you know all that kind of deal you're talking about another extra character uh, you know, why I think the fourth guy could have been both, you know, wouldn't it have been a great if, if one of the ghostbusters while he was over there, he gets, he gets zapped. Dana gets zapped. 
now we've got an interest in why we're doing what we're doing. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to fix a, a great movie. But they would have had to have played locksmith earlier in the film. Somehow. Oh, absolutely. But I, I, and I <laughs> love Rick Moranis' character. It was awesome. He's always getting stuck outside. He's got mineral water, low sodium mineral, wa- mineral water, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And somehow he gets a hot blonde or eighties hot blonde to dance with him. Yeah. And you know, all this I like the fact stuff. that nobody, none of his clients care that he's like disclosing their personal information <laughs> about they owe 15,000 on the house and at 8%. And so they're going to be fine because of his deferred tax bonus. Well, that's because nobody there understands what he's saying. Sure. So it works out. I'm married to an accountant. I know. Um, but yeah, it's great. I love he throws the coat on the, on the dog. That's, that's not storytelling, but, but it's great. Yeah. Um, uh, but but that third dog, even the demon, it has a name and I can't remember it. But it's kind of an add-on thing too. Third you know? dog. Yeah. Okay. When she opens up the the oh. the, the thing, there's one dog. He says, Zool. Yeah, yeah. That's him. That's the one demon. There's another de- dog, another demon, and it's got a name. And I, I saw it somewhere on IMDb. Hmm. Um, and they reference it and all this stuff. But it takes the two of them, the gatekeeper and the keymaster. To come together to open the deal for the portal uh, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I just took for granted that that the dog that was in her fridge was like the preview for like, okay, now I'm gonna go hide out in the lion thing upstairs. You and know, so. why wasn't it? You know, I why wasn't there two? Obviously, it was just because that one was after her, but we didn't get a peek into the second one. He wasn't even in the background. Maybe. Uh, Lewis should have opened his fridge and and not but put something away and not looked. Yeah, you know and well, see, the okay. guys and you know. And, so, because I'm thinking, I mean, because he was on the bed, and so that would have been a different. Well, I'm talking dog. about the early. I'm talking about early when Dana when the when the eggs pop out, which oh, is gotcha. awesome, and cooking. She opens the thing, sees the dude. Yeah, we get a little tease as we called it earlier of of these these guys. Yeah, and uh, and but we don't get that from him. We don't mm, know. Mm, yeah, why is it him? Why is it gotta well, and, be him? And and I can just tell you from experience, part of that it, number one, it could be they did that and then it got cut from the film because this movie runs like mm. an hour and forty seven minutes okay. and they're trying to just make it as lean as possible because it is a joke driven film, not a story driven right. film. True. And so there could have been, I mean, there, there's, you know, there so I, I just need to give it a break because it's, it, you said it, it's not a story driven sure. film. Okay. Well, um, fun and games. The whole uh, movie, as Christian Sedrith would say, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, man. The crap, you know, crap starts cooking on the counter. The was, TV commercial is the, the first thing we see. I love when they zoom in; the the their heads get exp- like warped. It's really fun. Zool yeah. is in your fridge. Um, just anything you want to shout out, shout it out. Setting up shop, was Larry King. Fun. Larry King. <laughs> the I, I have the guy in the denim that's behind the TV camera with the guy with the beard and he's wearing like all denim and he's just like doing this whole like, Hey, am I on TV? Maybe my mom will see. It's like during one of the news reports and it's, it's great. Uh, I love, I love Janine. I love her accent. Uh, her, her, her infatuation with Egon. Yes. I love that Egon is straight up (laughs) underneath that desk and she had her (laughs) knees way under that desk. That was very, it shocks me every time I see it. I always forget that he's down the, and it's the way that he plays it that makes it okay because he comes up and he's just like completely disinterested. Yeah. And and that's when he gives the the note about, um, you know, print is dead, you know, whatever. He's plugging in serial cables and, you know, stuff. No, that's what he's doing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> There's no zero games yeah. anymore. Well, in, in, in this, this fun and games part, we get, you know, we get a couple cool things that, you know, are traditional. And so, because I, I wanted to make sure to, to put these in there, because for a movie that doesn't follow a lot of the 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 typical format, here, a couple things that they do um, have in here is we get a new goal, and that is solve Dana's ghost problem mm. right up front during the B story. She walks in, you know, he makes it his mission, blah blah, blah and and so we it, it's it, it, which is you know a lot of times what the B story is is it's kind of a as a separate goal or a, a new goal a kind of thing that yeah a break um but the other thing that we have is we have our first battle um which you get in a lot of uh, you know most most movies you have your first struggle your first battle and it's um, so good it is great. It, there's it's great. not yeah. a bad part in it no it's that, so that whole hotel scene i mean even even the comedy that is <laughs> not even necessary of you know whenever he's like i've always wanted to do this and he tries to pull the <laughs> The, the, table the flowers cloth. made it. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, which which you mentioned something earlier, and this makes perfect sense now that you said this because I, I didn't know this, but all of the ad-libbing that he did, because there are a number of different of moments where as many times as I've watched this, the other actors, the way that they respond, it's almost like there, there's there's a split second. And this is another reason why I kind of go, I don't know that they would have they would have edited this movie the way they did if, if they did it today, because there's there's like a two second delay between his what he says and people's responses. And you I get this yeah. feeling that they're they're trying to like do the actor thing and not laugh at Bill Murray and right. then move on and right. respond and all that. Well, kind of yeah, stuff, he so. was scripted, but he was semi allowed. Apparently, uh, sometimes I hear that he's, they're always allowed. But no, he was he was allowed to uh, to fart around with it a little bit. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. I doubt it was too much, though, because sure. of the money. You know, it, it it wasn't the most expensive film, but the money they did have, they had to put it in special effects. Sure, sure. And boy, were there a lot. <laughs> I mean, all those streams that they zapped ar- around were all hand animated, every frame, just like a Disney feature from back in the day. Um, I love Vekman investigating Dana and her apartment. By the way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the. The, the hotel ghost is Slimer, yeah. um, which which I love. And yeah. I, uh, I like the, the line within that part where they uh, they have this or they uh, he's one of the characters says we should split up. Good. We should we can do, we more, can damage do more damage that, damage way, that which way, which is all they do, which I, I love that they owned it because that's the thing with like a lot of movies and, and TV shows is there's these kinds of things that happen and you're like. There's so like the insurance premiums in that neighborhood had to have skyrocketed after this happened. And so, yeah, they just own it like right there at the beginning. So, oh, and then like right after that there, when the, when the, um, uh, the room service cart crashes into the wall, you totally see like the wall shakes. So oh, yeah. it's totally <laughs> just like a, a, a set well, and that even, they built for Even it, when so. they're running to find each other. I, th- I swear they're using the same hall over and over and over Probably. and different ca- camera angles. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, slime, slimer, the whole thing. He didn't yeah. have a name then it was later on in the, uh, in the, cause, cause at first they came out with a really bad cartoon called ghostbusters. And then they came out with the real ghostbusters. The, the ghostbusters apparently had a monkey and a dune buggy and all kinds of stuff. It was like <laughs> Scooby-Doo to all the freak up. But, uh, anyway, they, they did fix it and it was good. It was good stuff. And it had the theme song. Um, but I love that their business takes off that, that, um, all of a sudden all the ghosts come out of the woodwork and they do tell my story. They do explain that later on, at least why did it just all of a sudden there's tons and tons of ghosts in New York. Well, it just happened to be, you know, you have to suspend a little bit of disbelief that it happened right after they got kicked out of college, mm-hmm. but, but they'd been following this for a while. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, so Fun and Games, they also had an, had an employee. We get to see things through his eyes a little bit. And and then you want to talk about Dan Aykroyd's uh, personal, uh, deep personal desires for the supernatural. Oh, Lord. His, yeah. his, that, that dream sequence, yeah. that sex dream that he has <laughs> that is completely out of the ordinary. But I got to say, the whole belt zipping out and the pants and everything, how many... Stinking strings and metal pieces <laughs> and puppetry and all that was involved because there's no computers that did sure, that. Sure, the, uh, which it, which do you know how they did the eggs? Uh, I would imagine they straight up laid tile, heated those things up, and they probably just had little gobos underneath, you know, popping them. But they were cooking legit on the counter. Yeah, the, yeah, it was the shaking of the eggs and and the exploding that I was kind of like, oh, that'd be curious. Or, I, I, but yeah, how I much how more that, dangerous was it? Another one I had a question about was the practical effects of the of the street falling apart right before they go into the building. Hmm. There's big chunks of rock. I mean, it was obvious because when they stop, they kind of shuck a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was right there in front of a building, and and it's and cars were sinking down the ground and stuff. I was very impressed, very impressed with that. But that's not story. That's uh. all right. So midpoint, um, I argue. Um, that it was uh, when Vickman, Vickman uh, updates Dana about Zool and then asks her out. And he actually says, I respect you. I respect you as an artist. Yeah. And, then, and, then he, and then he goes into his comedy routine yeah. and, and as a dresser, you know, and all this. Yeah. But it's the closest we get to him trying to make a change. It's also when we get more information. And then after that, it's also when everything starts falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I agree with you. Um, it is the midpoint of this film. Um, what I feel like is a better midpoint for the movie is when he goes to Dana's apartment and she's, you know, been possessed and all that stuff because your A story and B story have legitimate or they've, they've completely crossed where it's like, Hey, I'm trying to do something for this person and she's been possessed by a ghost. So everything comes together. Um, but again, I go back to say, yes, I completely agree with you that the midpoint for this is them at the fountain. You do kind of have the crossing there, but it's very loose. Cause I mean, he's playing around still. He's like, what's this word? And she says Hittite. And you know, so he's still not taking it seriously. He still says, Oh, there's things we got to figure out. How about we go on a date? Um, so like the stakes aren't raised at that point. Um, but I, but I, but I still agree, but the movie does it, you know, it changes into the, and, and I totally agree with you with that scene. Cause that's the closest that we get to a major transformation in him is he doesn't take advantage of this situation. He doesn't use the paranormal or science for his own personal advantage. And it's a great, point and it's a great part but it's stuck right smack in the middle of a bunch of other stuff and mm-hmm. it's kind of disconnected and um and therefore i think loses a little bit of its oomph like you don't walk away going oh he's he's different yeah you just get that he's grossed out because she's demon lady and he's not really attracted to her anymore you know uh he cares about her but but not that much yeah you know uh he's not exactly in tears when he thinks that she's well, uh, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing that I felt costume. like through this whole movie. He's not phased by anything. No, like the whole time. Like even whenever he straight faced. Yeah, he, he's straight faced. Like it's like you don't even believe that he believes any of this at any point because he's just totally cool with no matter what they encounter. And even at the end, it's like, oh, 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 what's okay. that? What's that movie he was in where he's a fish dude? I mean, not a fish, but a like a Jacques Cousteau kind of guy. 
Oh, uh, uh, Steve Zissou. Yeah, same character. Mm, well. <laughs> Straight, you know, the whole thing, doesn't talk, you know. Anyway, not not the same character, no, but but, but well, similar. Yeah. Similar with his, his <laughs> he doesn't respond to anything. I, I do like, though, that Vakeman, when he sees that ghost and he talks to her, hey, babe, what's going on? Throws out a pickup line yeah. on the ghost. Shh. He just, his neck, you could just see the hairs on the back of his neck bristle up, and he just kind of turns around without turning his head. Yeah. Guys, come on. This <laughs> is <just> freaking me <laughs> out. So it's good stuff. Uh, bad guys close in. Happens just after the midpoint. Typically, doubt, jealousy, fear, people, bad guys, uh, EPA dudes, Walter Peck. Yes, which um, is all the more reason why I'm with you that the midpoint is there at that fountain because this is the first time that we see the uh, Walter Peck any being kind there. Of, yeah, and yeah. he's not even the bad guy. He's a he's a sub sub bad guy. He's a henchman you know? or yeah, whatever, yeah. but he's not even a henchman for Gozer or anything. But 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 it's the first time that like we get really back to we can't even say back to the story, but like the the stakes are raised at that point because it's it's. You know, the EPA wants to shut him down and they're going to come back with a warrant. And, and this he's and that so and overly aggressive. And I feel like if it was story driven, he would have been possessed and and the ghost would have been using him to get him to shut down that containment field so it could release the energy that they apparently needed. Something changed. The, you know, the, uh, either that or because Venkman doesn't necessarily believe in all of this stuff, he would be someone who believes in it so much that he wants to open those things up because he has a plan and he totally believes in these things mm-hmm. and he wants to unleash them and use them for harm, whereas they're wanting to suppress the ghosts. I mean, so if you didn't, if you could take it in a couple of directions. Yeah. I agree with you. They, he could be. He could be an embodiment. Yeah, he wouldn't have to be de- depre- uh, Yeah, de- but he yeah. he would be the he would be the other side of the coin from Venkman. Or so. maybe he could be uh, uh, one of the the last vestiges of this cult. That's been there. Done you in go. Movies there before. you go. That's that's that. Yeah, that, I think that uh, if we had a seven minute development meeting, that's probably <laughs> the way we would go. <laughs> so yeah, we'd find that out as he was being drug away. Yeah, uh, get him out of my sight. So the uh, the 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 Twinkie metaphor, yeah. I think, is part of Bad Guys Close In because yeah. the the grid because uh, because he says energy and I, I I wrote it this way. It's like data or EPA closes in. Janine even closes in. She's mad. She doesn't like her job anymore. Yes. She's upset. You told me you were going to hire more help. That was the greatest uh, uh, recreation of her voice possible. And even the data closes in. Something big's on the horizon. The giant Twinkie. And then he eats it. Yeah. Of course. Zool closes in. The monster dogs come to life. They crack out of their little uh, well-crafted shells, by the way. I love that. Oh, the statues, yeah. Oh, they look good. Yeah. They really did. Uh, Dana's possessed. All the hands ripping out of the sofa, you yeah. know, that was really good. The old lady in the hallway who goes, <laughs> okay, Wait, maybe not. I just like that part. What, what part was that? <laughs> you don't remember that? Whenever, when, when Lewis, Lewis comes running out of his apartment because the, the, who, the dog that is in his bedroom yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, he comes running and he goes to get on the elevator and the old woman like walks out. She opens out for the door. Sp- and then, that was and somebody's then, mom, dude. And yeah. I'm telling you. I love that. Cause that, that, that's a bit part. That part, every time I see it, it makes me laugh just cause her only line is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we find that Dana is the gatekeeper and she's looking for the key master. Are you yeah. the key master? Key master is seeking the gatekeeper. Yes. So he's actually on the prowl at this point. And so, cause you have the, the the demon dog that closes in on Lewis, but then Lewis becomes that thing, and so now he's closing in, which isn't too much of a threat necessarily as yep. far as immediately because they Again, have him and whatnot. They're but, we, the bad guy's weaknesses is there is that they use sure. these humans, sure. and Dana's a great choice. Uh, she's easy on the eyes. Yeah, she's she's whatever they need. 
but then they pick a male and they get uh, the accountant there, yeah. the nerd, the geek, uh, as they used to call them back then. But uh, uh, Lewis is brought to uh, the Ghostbusters, which again, it's great, great point, great part. I love that he's he's kind of playing it like he's because he's not evil. You know, he was evil. He's in now he's in Lewis and now he's he's kind of dumb. He he doesn't know what things are. Well, he, he's almost like an alien he, from another planet more than a demon from it, another dimension. It's it's that the demon is limited to who By his people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's great because it's like he 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 recounts things, you know, like an accountant would. And that's the funniest part about it is it's like he's supposed to be evil and you The get giant that. slore. Yeah, yeah, that kind of Many stuff. Many songs and blues knew what it meant to me. I mean, I wish I could quote that because that is <laughs> by far the the funniest part of the movie and it's a shame that I can't quote it, uh, but uh but yeah, so even in that, it's like it's funny, but it's you know. It's, okay, it's here, let me give you another image: John Candy <laughs> walking hand in hand with Sigourney Weaver through that door. I don't think they could have made it through. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> just, I just well, but you, it's 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 imagine. the other end of the spectrum. It's the short, skinny, doofy or goofy uh, guy, or like the large, chubby, oafy guy. And I, I don't, don't know. know, but I'm with you. It's it's, it's Rick Moranis was the was he was the, the right one. Choice, it was but, meant to be. Yeah. Uh, so the key master gets loose. The ghostbusters are arrested. So man, stuff is just downhill, downhill, downhill. And then they're thrown into jail. And I'm going to just say this. This is the closest I could get to an all is lost is when they were in jail. And it wasn't even, it was just because it was a moment because after that, what happens? They go to the mayor's office. Things mm-hmm. start planning and scheming. And, and I would even say that that was, the still partially the dark night of the soul until the EPA guy gets kicked out and they kind of win and they start on their finale, but there was no whiff of death. There was none of that in my well, opinion. So th- for the first time on this, in this one, I disagree with you. Good. Uh, I think the all is lost moment is whenever they shut down uh, the power grid uh, or the, the containment grid or whatever it's called okay. um, because you get, uh, you, you get, that's when the key master and the gatekeeper get together. You get that. You get the the fact of um. There, the, I can't remember who's, but basically, it's it's they're going to be unleashing dead people. There's your whiff of death, and and they're going to be un- unleashing that upon everything. So everything that they've worked for has now come undone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so to me that is the all is lost moment. Is everything they've worked for has now come undone. Everything is being unleashed, and so from and that is your moment. And then from there on you move into dark night of the soul beginning with your mother, you know, whenever EPA guy starts yelling at Egon and finally he has a, a reaction to something. Um, they lose the key master. Um, they get arrested. Yeah. The ghost terrorize New York. You get, so that's another thing with all or with, um, dark night of the soul is a lot of times you get a quasi montage sequence and that's not really a montage, but it's kind of like that where you have like all the different ghosts around town, uh, and everything. Um, and you also, which I mean, this is where it kind of bleeds over because they are arrested. But even when they're arrested, somehow they have been arrested with plans to this building. Yeah, they, they, and so, big old roll of plans. Yeah, yeah. And he pulls out like another roll of those, um, <laughs> you know, and then they start going into all and of that stuff. There's a handy table in the middle of the holding cell. Exactly, which I don't understand. It's like, <laughs> is that for crap shoots or I, I haven't been incarcerated in New York City. But, uh, but the, something the other, to do with crap shoots. Yeah, there you know. go. So, so with, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to keep talking while you get up off the floor. Um, Sorry. anyway, uh, so here, here's another, I'll, I'll, I'll work both of these together. All is lost. I'm going to push through this. Um, 
anyway, uh, all is lost is a lot of times it's it's the it's the mirror image of the catalyst. It's another catalyst. How are you know? It's something that that starts a whole new thing. So when the when the power grid is shut down. Okay, that's that's a. But wouldn't it have been moment. better if we'd seen it before then? Sure, sure, I mean, sure. We had, we saw it a little bit before then. Yeah, when he explains how they lock them up and all that stuff. But that's uh, it. Just it yeah. just gets me. But, I actually had written down that the 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 all is lost is when the gatekeeper and the keymaster get together because that's the thing we've been trying to oppose, uh, keep from happening, mm-hmm. even though nobody knows this. Nobody knows yeah. the protagonist doesn't know nothing. Nobody knows. Um, but you're right. The, the, it's the opposite moment from the midpoint. If everything was awful, then everything should be great. And it is, we do see a mirror. He's with, she, he's finally connecting with Vickman. She is, I mean, and, and now she's connecting with, uh, Lewis. Well, and and I know that, uh, I should say in the way that Vickman wanted. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that, that Blake Snyder talks about this. I know that, um, you know, I've heard a number of other people talk about this, the symmetry between in stories. And so you've got, there's, there's a, there's similarities between catalyst and all is lost debate and dark Knight of the soul breaking to two and breaking to three. And so where I'm going with this is you've got your all is lost moment to me is the, um, the power grid gets shut down. That's a catalyst moment that sets off a new chain of events. And then your dark Knight of the soul, there's a debate in there of, you know, Okay, well, so how are they going to react? Well, they react by, okay, let's take a look at this building and we're going to look at these plans and all this kind of stuff. And then you even have uh, Ernie Hudson objecting to um, wanting to even be a part of this stuff and saying, you know, you're just going to walk into the mayor's office and you're going to do this. So you even have like a little bit of an argument there. So it's that it, it, it's it's the it's another kind of debate before we we break Dark into before yeah. we break into three. So right. I I had the uh, break into three all the way. Um, until, uh, I'm sorry, so I had Dark Knight of the Soul all the way into the council with the mayor because we still have a situation where nobody knows what to do. These guys have to reach deep and they have to find, you know, whatever it is that makes them them, which they really don't do. They just come sure. up and, and outsmart everybody and out, uh, Humor. out impress. Yeah. yeah uh, the one guy. But breaking the three is when, you know, obviously Vagman can, uh, gets the mayor to say, yeah, you can, you guys can handle it. What do you need? You yeah. Know, what do you need? They need policemen. Apparently that's what they got. Yeah. Yeah. See, and, and I would, I, I say that, you know, that's again, this movie, it blurs some lines and it doesn't even have some lines and some definitions. And so I for, have for, you know, the, the breaking of three is, you know, heading to spook central it's, they've gotten the permission they've convinced. So the debate carries over to that whole scene in the mayor's office is a giant debate between everybody. So you're still in that argumentative state where they're trying to figure out like, you know, there's a chance that the ghostbusters are not going to be able to go do this. There's a chance that they could get arrested again. If, uh, Walter Peck, I think is his name, yeah. um, actually says, you know, if he convinces the mayor that these guys are bad, well then they're, then, then, they're not going to be able to do their yeah, thing. We'll go to jail. We'll be happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're still in that debate mode. Yeah. Cause he even says, you know, Ernie or whatever the heck his name is, he's just like millions of registered voters. And so they're, they're still debating. He's still trying to convince them. And it's not until he, they kick out, you know, Mr. Peck and then they leave. And to me, that's, that's why I still say that part is the tail end of dark night of the soul. Yeah. And then break into break three, three is your, you know, you know, we're heading to spook central, but at the same time I can give it to you and say that, you know, there's that blurred line. And when he says, Hey, the mayor wants to rap, we're going to go talk to him. 
there's some movement there. So I could well, see. I still call that Dark Knight of the Soul. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, right here in my notes, counsel with the mayor. I say with the minute, oh, okay, okay. the minute after the mayor says, yes, you guys can handle it. We'll do your thing. Bring in a three. Oh, okay. So, so I misunderstood. Yeah, we agree. Sorry we agree. about that. Uh, you guys can just backtrack uh, the last three minutes and reclaim those. But anyway, uh, Vickman convinces the mayor to let them handle it. Uh, I want to backtrack a little more and say that I will recant on my uh, my that there was no whiff of death. I forgot something that's in the book, and the book says something has to die. Doesn't necessarily have to be a person. It can be an idea. It can right. be a plan. It can be a whole bunch of things. But something has to die. And yeah, the Ghostbusters headquarters, the Ghostbusters vision, the Ghostbusters concept, everything that they had created and built and and defended. Because it was more than just shutting down the the, the switch. The Although whole that is freaking killing roof, power. Yeah, so, yeah. The whole roof lit off mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, it, it's, it gutted the whole building. Um, I don't know that we see it again after that. But um, but anyway, so yeah, there was a lot of, uh, of death whiffs going on there. <laughs> so finale, I broke it down like I like to do. The five points? Yeah. How did you break it down? Yeah. With the, uh, the, the whole thing that's in... Uh, uh, the second book and uh obviously the finale is is a big chunk of the tail end it's like the third part <laughs> the last uh third of the movie and uh it's it's where the um it, it, typically in a story that the good guy the protagonist um he puts the theme to the test the thing that he has learned um i don't know that anybody's learned anything it's just somebody <laughs> out out did somebody else and and they won and now they're going to do something so so there's not a lot of uh you know fundamental change we've already established that but here's what i wrote down gathering the team is the first step it's when the hero uh grabs what he needs to storm the castle well we see that because he asks him what do you need and we see a big troop of of policemen escorting them to the to the site um, executing the plan is actually storming the castle when the, when the plan seems foolproof. Well, unlike um, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, where we get to see the plan put together, mm-hmm. you know, the closest we get to that is back in the jail cell when they realize that the framework of the building was set up to be a, a big uh, catalyst or conduit, a big yeah. conduit. There we go for, for these de- these demons to do their thing. Um, so we don't see their plan, but we kind of know, we kind of know they got proton packs and the whole thing. So Gozer is, is summoned Dana and Lewis are demon dogs. Gozer doesn't play nice. Uh, and, and executing the plan. I, I got a quote, this check is toast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Why? Well, and I, what I like about this, this movie is, uh, as far as the storming the castle goes, we actually watch them. They don't necessarily storm it. They they yes. walk it. Tell me when we get to twenty so I can throw I'm up. I'm sorry, I even have that there. Police got into the building and guys climb the staircase. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's their get yeah. Tell me when we get to twenty, I'm yeah. gonna throw up. <laughs> High tower surprise is when the hero finds he's been overconfident. The bad guys knew all along, his plan is dashed. Um they they're they're trying to hit her with the proton packs it's not working she's mm-hmm. doing flips over their head she kind of disappears so it maybe seems that they might have done something to affect her but then it's choose your destruction yes and then the choice has been made and then the stave it's the stave puff marshmallow man 
So that's the high tower surprise. I agree. Yeah. Then we dig deep down. It's the point of the finale that's revealed the true test. What the hero can do that he never could do before. Cross the streams. That's all we got. It's See, a, it's I, a set off and a payoff from earlier. That's it. Okay. And the, so do you have a execution of a new plan then? Cause I, I skipped yeah. over, I skipped over, um, dig down deep. And I, I mean, if you look at my notes there, it's blank. And I just put for, for <laughs> uh, the execution of the new plan. It's like, okay, the new plan is let's cross the stream. Yeah. He's like, I love this plan. I'm excited about it. Be a part of it. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was the dig deep down is the decision to do it. And then the execution was actually doing oh, okay. So they're, because they're there just, was constant. Yeah, they t- No, you said that was a bad thing. I'm not yeah. sure this is a good thing. This could hurt us. This could do. I mean, they really have a little debate there. So that would, I mean, again, I'm totally stretching here, but go with me. But that's it's, not not digging deep down though no well I, what i was gonna say is he for the he is willing for the first time in the movie to actually take a risk for the science that he believes Here's in a better one go for it and it would have uh b story could have could have wrapped in he knows one of those dogs is his woman he doesn't mm. know if she's alive or not but um what if he had uh had, had uh <laughs> He he had a chance. I forgot what I was going to say. Now, Dadgummit, he had a chance to cross the streams, and he he he. Oh, I remember now. He didn't want to sacrifice the 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 people that are in the dogs. Okay, okay. somehow we'd have to know that they were still salvageable. But anyway, um, he doesn't want to cross the streams, but he will, and he digs deep down, and he does it, and he's but he's sacrificing the woman he loves to do it. There would, there would at least be something emotional, sure. something that... But even then, though, it's just like, okay, I'm not going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to sacrifice yeah, you, you know, true. kind of thing. But no, but I, yeah, but I see where you're going with it. But so. but you got to admit, though, it, it was a setup. It's a good one, but it was just a setup from before sure. and a payoff later on. It was not a dig de- deep down. No. Nobody dug deep down no. to do anything. Um, so the execution of the new plan... Uh, they they cross the streams. Everything explodes. EPI EPA guy gets marshmallowed, which is awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. And then uh, Dana and Lewis are alive, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Final image uh, is typically the opposite of the opening image, uh, proving visually that a change has occurred within a character. Um, we what what actually happened is Vakeman gets a kiss. The team rolls down the road with the entire city cheering them which we've seen before they, they were already the favorite of new york yes uh before so but it's still a mirror image because as you brought up your slow pan down um and it's technically not a pan in camera terminology but anyway uh when when the the camera moves down the the door and it shows you know die yeah. you guys whatever in the beginning they're hated by Everyone. people and at the end they're accepted and revered by the masses so i guess that's kind of a mirror image of for a uh, comedy that wasn't story driven sure sure yeah <laughs> ghosts are real at the end everyone believes in ghosts no one yeah. believes in ghosts in the beginning or the paranormal uh the buildings have crumbled at the end whereas in the beginning even when you see the lions they're actually working on the library they're mm-hmm. building it up whereas at the end the building is torn wow. down wow. i'm reaching deep here yeah, anyway are. uh again we've already it's talked about the spiritual peter. meaning <laughs> peter no not at all <laughs> uh peter has a little bit of uh malo moose or whatever you call called it uh, in his hair and at the beginning you know we already talked about that stuff so let's yeah not dwell on it but anyway anyway there were yeah there was just no 
you got to admit the one thing I'll say about the second movie that they did do is they did have a story. They did. did. They? Yeah. I, like I said, I, I just remember not enjoying it. So there I was, it no, nobody time. enjoyed it, but it did have a story. And it was about this, this slime, this ectoplasm that was uh, reacted to emotions. And so hmm. you can't not have a story sure. when, once you've put that in the world. Yeah. You know, it demands at least a certain amount, but it was horrible. They sprayed it on the inside of the, <laughs> of the Statue of Liberty and she, she walks through. Uh, I do remember that, yeah. The only cool part of that was when she walked through the water, you know, because they had the thing and the and the 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 it was kind of muffled. But wouldn't it have washed away all the slime? Anyway, don't <laughs> get me started. Was there anything else um, that that you wanted to to add? Because I had a couple questions. I mean, there's no major change in the protagonist. There's no key help from the B story. No real all is lost. No real dark night. No real whiff of death. I'll recant on some of that, but. No matching opening and closing images, in my opinion. You 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 saw a little more than I did. Uh, what made, in your opinion, what made this movie uh, popular, and not just popular in its day, uh, kind of an eternal pop culture thing? Was it simply the comedy stylings of uh, Bill Murray? I I think it's I think it's not. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Bill Murray, to be honest with you. I think that he's one of those guys that he has become this icon. And, you know, he, in in some people's opinions, can do no wrong. Yeah. And he's and he is great. I mean, he's great when he's serious. He's great when he's funny. Uh, as far as this movie goes, what's interesting is a lot of times comedy does not transcend time. Like, if you watch Airplane, there are some funny moments in Airplane and I remember as a kid loving that movie and and laughing at it and everything. I mean, um, you know, my dad is my, my parents were were pretty young when they got married and pretty young whenever they had us kids. So I kind of grew up watching a lot of movies in the late 80s and early 90s that my parents were into. And so, um, you know, I, I remember some stuff like that that I probably shouldn't that, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, didn't discover until later on. And I remember loving certain things. And then now I go back and watch and I'm like, eh, it's just not that funny. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's one of those things like comedy doesn't translate over, over time. It also doesn't translate over, over space and, and different demographics. Cause I know that that's, um, you know, with a lot of films, um, part of the way that, 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 um, they're financed and all this kind of stuff is that they're sold for, you know, before they're even released, they're sold, um, to other countries for distribution rights and, and all this different kind of stuff. And a lot of people don't buy comedies in other countries because American humor, as I mean, as we now all know, right. because of Netflix and everything else, British humor, doesn't always translate there's a, it's a niche market i mean the the office did great in the u.s but the british version of the office had you know it did great but it didn't do that well here and that's why they had to do a, a complete revamp because yeah. it's a different style of storytelling different style of humor so this movie breaks so many things and i think it's all because of bill murray it's like his kind of humor the humor is very general i don't want to say generic because that that has like a negative connotation but i think it's i think it's it's all very um, universal universal. thank you there you go that's what i was looking for universal kinds of humor um you know it it's it 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 runs the gamut from um from quasi crude humor to more highbrow humor i mean and he yeah he just he runs the gamut with that stuff and so um, you know, I think that's a big part of it. And then there's always going to be the whole element of it's a cult classic right. and there's it's it's the graphics are 
almost at this point so bad that it, it's 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 fun to watch and see how far we've come with things. Parts so. of it. The the dogs running around. Yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll say I'll say this. I'll say, um, I watched this movie, and in spite of all the things that we kind of said that to critique it, I don't miss any of the things that are omit, omitted. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. When yeah. I watch this, and I think that that's the part that I don't quite understand is is it possible for a story in a in a, in a movie uh, to be made up for you know uh, where it's lacking by good characters and good actors playing good characters because you gotta admit there were some great characters absolutely yeah absolutely great i mean the three guys they had three distinct personalities Mm -hmm. um even our guy at the end thrown in eddie you know he had a distinct character he wasn't quite as it wasn't quite as well written it was kind of an afterthought in my opinion but every person in there had a, even the hotel guy was a was a stereotypical yeah. you know kind of dude tightwad dude um so it was really well done i think that's one of the reasons i think it, th- christian would have to be here for this cuz he watched this uh, at my request and said, I don't know what you got. Cause he's real young and mm-hmm. he, he's in his early twenties. And he's like, I don't know. I didn't get it. I didn't get what you guys got out of it. I don't know what you could have ever enjoyed about it. You know, it really, was, it was a little bit funny, but it was not anything. And I, that's why I'd love to have him on <laughs> during this part, at least to say why, why, you know, what was it about it that didn't work for you? Cause it, I consider it kind of timeless and universal, sure. but he, here he was proving me wrong the other week. But, um, I, I would just say that, uh, you would have to understand what it was like there in the middle of the, you know, in the, in the eighties or in my case, the nineties, when I finally got to see it, um, it was dealing with things that, that, that were very taboo at the time. 71% of all of Americans believed strongly that there were occultic things going on mm-hmm. secretly all over America and in all over the world and that the government was keeping it a secret. And people in my church <laughs> growing up, including people in my own home, would keep me from things like seemingly completely harmless things because they were afraid that the demons and the devils were going <laughs> to come and eat my soul. And... uh in the middle of all this comes this movie that not only handles it, but just smacks it around yeah. like a rubber chicken and just has some fun with it. Yeah. And from a guy who takes it all apparently very, very seriously, mm-hmm. like Art Bell seriously. So anyway. Yeah. I haven't talked to Christian about this stuff, but I mean, that goes back to my point of, you know, comedy doesn't necessarily hold up. And yeah. so what he thinks is funny, it, it, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not he doesn't enjoy this. And again, because I saw this whenever I was a kid, there's part of it that is residual of right, all that, right. you know, and everything. And so I think that's part of it. I mean, I, I do think that this is a movie that, you know, again, maybe it's just because I'm so um, tainted by the fact that I enjoy this movie. Um, but I feel like this is one of those movies that it does break the rules because I don't think they they are were aware of any. I think they just sat down and they wrote a good movie. Um, I do know that they that they had a like you said the the Ghost Smashers yeah, idea. It was a rewrite, the, and then yeah. the the producer said absolutely not. This is far too expensive. No one would ever make this movie. It's impossible. Um, you know, in 1984, and I, it's my understanding that within like three or four weeks, three weeks um, in a bunker in in 
Yeah. It was California somewhere. somewhere. I, it's been a while since I read it, but yeah, they, they went and they rewrote it completely. And so in some ways it's like a three to four week turnaround on a film or on a script. That's insane. A complete rewrite. Like, and so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that there are some things that are, you know, kind of jostled and some things that are disconnected you know in some ways this is the greatest first draft that has been made into a movie <laughs> of all time ever i mean i don't mean that in a disrespectful way no, at no, all because again we keep saying like we love this movie like i watched it a number of times and i even last night told my wife i was like how late are you staying up because i have to watch ghostbusters again and even though she stayed up late watching an awful tv show uh called dollhouse but anyway she watched this show and i still dollhouse is not awful it's awful we're gonna talk about this off (laughs) air but anyway um anyway uh, i still stayed up and watched it because it's not a chore for me to watch this movie i love watching this movie so awesome hey uh that is the show for this week thank you so much paul for being here here in the studio um it's pleasure it's weird you have to i i have to take a shower now uh before you come over usually i could podcast in my underwear is what i'm saying and i can't do that anymore um hey a couple things real quick first of all you might have noticed uh we're missing a couple guys uh the illustrious john steinklobber and christian sudreth uh, have been moved over to uh that story show over at thatstoryshow.com john's always been there but uh christian is going to be adding uh himself to the or we're going to add him to the to the host uh lineup over there at the uh the clean comedy podcast that tells funny life stories and stuff like that so check that out over there the, the reason being if you've listened to the last few you probably know why it it, it was turning into uh, uh mostly a a show where Paul and I were dominating the conversation and there would literally be nothing left for these guys to say. And so during the break, we did some head scratching and, and uh, I decided to just pitch that to them to ask them if that'd be all right. Everybody agreed it was the right move. And I, I, I trust that you will too. Um, I mentioned also something about the contest or uh, this first time I put contest on it, but if you'd like to win a copy of save the cat, for yourself, uh, even if you already have it, some you know a copy to give to someone else. Uh, all you have to do is like us on Facebook. If you've already done that, uh, or, oh, I'm sorry, let me finish my sentence. You have to like us on Facebook and leave a movie suggestion on Facebook. Okay, uh, you get one entry per week for two weeks. So that means you like us once, you leave a movie suggestion, and seven. You know, after the next episode, you can come back and leave another one. The winner will be chosen at random um, and announced on uh, on not next episode, but the the no. I'm sorry, it will be announced on the next episode because we have a two week hiatus. Uh, hiatus between each episode. So, um, so I hope you'll do that. I hope you go to the Facebook again, uh, Facebook.com/slash Save the Cat. Ah! Nope, that's not it. Slash Movie Beatdown. <laughs> And uh, uh, like us, movie suggestion. Once for t- you get up to two chances to do that, uh, and and we'll announce it on the next episode. I hope it works because we like to keep doing things like this, give away books and even movies and rentals and and who knows a a, a year of Netflix. Can we give away like our own movies? There's some movies that my <laughs> wife owns that I just want to get rid of, so I'll autograph it or whatever, and it's just like. Here, we'll send this to somebody. Well, let's see how this goes. Step it up three. It's autographed by James and Paul. We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, It's time for us to choose our film uh, for next time. Like every other movie podcast out there, we're going to be doing Jurassic Park. 
All right. So, guys, uh, what movie should we do next? Remember, tell us at facebook.com slash moviebeatdown. Consider supporting the podcast for just a dollar an episode. You can visit moviebeatdown.com slash donate to uh, contribute per episode via Patreon. Patreon is a great way to give, and we love to give back. Uh, every week we give bonus materials to those who support the show. And uh, we talk about movies that are maybe not quite as uh, popular and uh, what we liked about them or didn't like about them. Moviebeatdown.com slash donate. Thanks. Follow the show on Twitter at moviebeatdown and uh, email your comments and suggestions and such things to moviebeatdown at gmail.com. And that's all, Paul. Uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. And we'll see all of you guys next time right here on Movie Beat Down. Visit nlcast.com for other great NLCast Network shows.